Biotechnology comes from the combination of biology and technology. In this field of science, we use technology and our knowledge of biology to create useful products or modify organisms. This happens via making alcoholic beverages like beer also uses the biology of yeast and technology of fermentation, but it doesn't really fall under the category of biotechnology. The term biotechnology started to appear mainly in the 60s and 70s and is more so used for cellular and molecular biology plus technology. In the beginning of its appearance, biotechnology was mainly seen in the form of genetic engineering that we talked about earlier. So genes were spliced and added to microorganisms like yeast and bacteria, and this allowed scientists to make proteins in large scales. The first ever compound that was approved by the US FDA, short for Food and Drug Administration, was insulin. Whenever we talk about insulin, we need to show our Canadian pride by talking about Frederick Banting, who discovered insulin from the pancreas for the first time. This eventually helped scientists realize the use of insulin for diabetes treatment. Speaking of which, this is a great example to explain genetic engineering. We know that insulin is produced in the pancreas. People with type 1 diabetes have problems with insulin production, so they need to deliver insulin to their body via syringes and injection. This is very important since restoring insulin balance allows them to control their blood sugar levels again. Genetic engineering has helped us with insulin production by mass producing a compound that is similar to insulin but is not actually insulin. This genetically modified insulin is called humulin, which use was first permitted in 1982. Now let's see how we create humulin to help patients with diabetes. First, we take a small piece of circular DNA called a plasmid, which was originally extracted from bacteria or yeast. We cut the plasmid at a specific site using enzymes. Now we add the gene for insulin into the gap created. The gene for insulin is the gene that is the blueprint for the protein insulin for the body. After the addition of the gene into the plasmid gap, we can say that the plasmid is genetically modified. Next, we introduce these plasmids into a new bacteria or yeast. Plasmids use the machinery of the bacteria or yeast cell to divide. So as the bacteria divide, plasmids can also divide and create more of themselves. Plasmids also use the machinery of bacteria/yeast to express their genes and translate them into proteins. So, at the end of the day, we will have a large fermentation vessel that is filled with nutrients and bacteria that have plasmids in them. This container also has lots and lots of insulin in it, which we can separate, purify, and make available for public use. Biotechnology in general has numerous applications used in agriculture, medicine, making genetically modified organisms, fertilizers, and so on. These technologies have been around for a while, but we have some new ones from McMaster's iGem team. Here with us is Jacqueline Hong and Jiahui Cao, who will be talking about their project. All right, welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. My name is Jacqueline. And my name is Jiahui.、Um, we are so excited to be here today on this show, and of course, we are so happy that Kian invited us. Can you tell us about your team and what you guys do? So, McMaster Biomod is a student-led research team and currently an MSU club at McMaster. So, we are interested in conducting research in the field of synthetic biology and bringing new advancements to the field using our innovative ideas. And synthetic biology is, at its core, combining two disciplines: biology and engineering, to create and design new biological components. So, what is really interesting about our club is that we are a group of undergraduate students working on a bio-nanotechnology project. 
project in hopes of competing at the Biomod competition. So the Biomod competition is an annual biomolecular design competition hosted by the WIS Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering at Harvard University. Wow, neat. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit more about this Biomod competition? Mm -hmm, yeah, for sure. Um, well, the goal of this competition is to challenge undergraduate students from all over the world, from different universities, um, coming from different backgrounds. It is an opportunity for us to exercise our creativity and explore synthetic science on our own. Um, after we complete our project, we will present the results of our project at the annual BioMode conference. Mm -hmm. um, another competition that we're really interested in is called the IGEM, I-G-E-M, um, it stands for the International Genetically Engineered Machine Competition. Um, so it's very similar to Biomode um, in that it works with the same science field and it also gathers students from various universities across the globe. To um, It's an opportunity for us to come together to present our projects to a panel of experts working in the science field. Wow, sounds really widespread. <laughs> All right, so what is the focus of your project exactly? Yeah, so this year we decided to focus our project on developing a method for the in vivo assembly of DSDNA or double-stranded DNA nanostructures to allow for the translation of developing DNA origami applications to the setting of live cells. Mm -hmm, yeah, so Jacqueline mentioned a few scientific terms just now. Um, I'll try my best to kind of explain what they are. Um, we're working with in vivo experiments, and what that means is that in vivo refers to a medical test, experiment, or procedure that is done on or in a living organism, such as a laboratory animal or human. Um, in vivo often gets confused with in vitro, and in vitro basically just refers to a medical test or um, experiment that is done in the laboratory within the confines of a test tube or laboratory dish. Um, so that is the major difference between in vivo and in vitro. In vivo works with larger systems and in vitro works with smaller systems. Um, fun fact, most studies are conducted in vitro first because this will allow researchers to study a substance safely in a controlled environment. And so they um, focus on smaller system and they move forward to larger systems. And Jacqueline also mentioned double-stranded DNA, which is what we're working with, um, and also DNA self-assembly. And what DNA self-assembly is, is an increasingly reliable and powerful tool for the fabrication of nanostructures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can be used to arrange molecules and nanoparticles with nanometer precision. Um, she also mentioned DNA origami, which is kind of like an umbrella term under which our project is under. Uh, what DNA origami is, is a folding of DNA to create non-arbitrary two and three dimensional shapes at the nanoscale. Um, the word origami comes from the Japanese word of um, paper folding. And in our project, we are basically folding DNA structures. <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking these tiny strands and just folding them like paper. That's neat. <laughs> There are two major goals for our project. One is using a novel reverse transcriptase-based method to generate large amounts of double-stranded DNA in vivo. And reverse transcriptase is essentially an enzyme, like a blob of protein, that converts RNA to DNA, whereas DNA polymerase is an enzyme that converts from DNA to RNA. So what exactly is the difference between RNA and DNA? Well, it's simply the presence of ribose sugar in RNA um, as opposed to deoxyribose sugar in DNA. So those are the two um, 
um, comparisons. And our next goal is using fusion proteins of tau effectors and enzymes that look like the letter C um, that can act as staples to create the desired shape while forming the enzyme scaffold. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so a s more simpler way of understanding our experiment is this can be um, represented by like a really cute love story between two enzymes. Um, <laughs> our graphic design team was able to come up with this concept, this visual representation. Um, so the story can be uh, the story can be understood as this: two enzymes are just going about their regular days, and then they see each other and fall in love, love at first sight. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, they do not have the chance to talk. So they go home by themselves, and they're really sad because they miss each other. Mm -hmm. um, coincidentally, they both see a shooting star falling out of the sky. So they make a wish. So they make a wish on the shooting star, and um, a fairy godmother appears in front of them. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then the fairy godmother was able to create this magical ribbon, um, and this magical ribbon will guide each enzyme to one another, and that's how everyone gets a happy ending. <laughs> so our characters are the enzymes, the fairy godmothers are the towels, and the ribbon is the DNA that is made from mRNA, or messenger RNA, using reverse transcriptase, and the enzyme can function much more efficiently as they are close together. Neat! So besides the wet lab, what other types of work are involved in your project? Mm -hmm. Well, initiating and running a club on this large scale takes a lot of work from various mm -hmm. sub-teams that comprise our team as a whole. Um, so our team is comprised of five different sub-teams. There's wet lab, dry lab, graphic design, finances, and human practices. Um, most of our members are on more than one sub-team. So I'm on um, graphic design, finances, and human practices. And Jacqueline here, she's in in dry lab and she's also the head of human practices. Uh, well, the wet lab team, um, if we're going to be talking about the wet lab team, um, they're mainly focused on conducting the experiments and gathering data that will corroborate our proposed ideas and other findings. Mm -hmm, exactly. And the dry lab team works to design a model that can accurately predict the enzyme substrate kinetics for the overall DNA scaffold. So the graphics team is really awesome because they create all the illustrations that, they, that we need to make our project more understandable for the public. Mm -hmm. And they also make uh, videos and short an animations, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the finances team, which deals with handling money. Um, so they will apply for sponsorships within the school and also apply for different grants. Uh, they also reach out to different industries outside of the school. Um, these industries can include the agricultural industry and also the pharmaceutical industries um, because um, the result of our project will hopefully benefit these type of industries. Um, my favorite team is human practices team because... <laughs> We work together to bridge the gap between our project and the community. Um, it's not just an opportunity for us to raise awareness about synthetic biology as a whole, but also to install in the community um, the very idea of the limitless possibilities of synthetic biology, starting from the very basic concept that bacteria itself can be understood and perceived like a computer. Wow, that's a lot of stuff <laughs> that you guys have done. 
What has your human practices team done so far? So the human practices team worked with MCYU or McMaster's Children and Youth University to organize a workshop for children of various ages. So this event was designed to introduce the idea that, uh, as Jiahui said, that bacteria itself can act as a computer in that with a specific input, it can elicit a certain output. And the workshop itself was called Robobug. And the kids were asked to choose a specific problem that is um, occurring in society as of now to combat using the bacteria that they designed on their own. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. <laughs> I know. Thank you. So going forward for our future work and also this summer, um, we are planning to organize a field trip for high school students to get a taste and experience what it's like to pursue a career involving research and innovation. Um, through this field trip, we hope to provide them with the fundamental lab practices that is necessary to work in the lab. Um, we also uh, would hope to give them a tour of our beautiful McMaster campus uh, mm -hmm. for the interested incoming students. Um, our final goal is to hopefully inspire the next generation of scientists. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds awesome, you guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in studio today. Best of luck on your project. Thank you. Thank you.